Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG, and I'm going to be talking to another regional agent whose eye-catching performance in the Radius On Demand rankings makes them an ideal choice of virtual tour guide to explain exactly what is driving growth in their area and what the unique challenges and opportunities are. This time, I'm pleased to say we're off to the northeast, where the industrial sector has found itself on the front pages following Nissan's recent announcement of a billion-pound gigafactory in Sunderland. And I'm pleased to be joined by Keith Stewart, who is a partner and industrial specialist at Naylor's Gavin Black. Keith, welcome aboard. Thank you very much, Jim. Good morning. Morning. Okay, um, firstly, can you just tell us a bit about your background and the areas you cover in your current role? Sure. Well, my background is um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. I studied at Northumbria University. Um, following graduating, I spent a couple of years in London um, in a niche um, uh, agency practice doing acquisition work and following that I moved up to the northeast um, and, and and I joined Nailers at the time it was Nailers um, and uh, yeah I, I specialised in industrial agency from day dot when I joined um, and um, I'm still doing that. Um, I, I specialise in industrial agency and development work um, a little bit of uh, investment work but not very much because I don't like to step on people's toes right. um, so yeah that's that's a bit of my my background I've been here for about 20 20 odd years okay uh, when you moved up what were the kind of main differences between London and the northeast <coughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, from a property perspective obviously not not food or anything <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean I think from a property perspective um, certainly <coughs> The northeast is, is clearly not as vast as, as London, not as fast moving. Um, clearly, rents, um, stuff like that is, is clearly um, there's, there's quite a differentiation between the between the two. Um, and yeah, there's you know, clearly there's a lot of hustle bustle in London, and whereas up here it's it's not it's not like that. Um, mm. So there's there's quite a, quite a difference. Sure. Okay. Um, for those that don't know um, the area that well, um, Nader's Gavin Black. It was formed a couple of years back through the merger of Nader's Chartered Surveyors and Gavin Black and Partners. Um, you came through the Nader's side of things. Um, yeah. How do things compare pre and post merger? <clears throat> well, pre pre merger, we we were essentially a multidisciplinary practice. We covered most um, functions uh, within commercial property, which was agency. Uh, development, uh, professional work, which included valuations and lease renewals, um, all the agency functions, uh, building surveying, property management, asset management. Um, I suppose post-merger, and I suppose one of the one of the reasons why the merger came to fruition is because um, the, the the guys at Gavin Black and Partners there they were sort of a niche, and had um, I suppose um, probably less clients than us. Um, but those are quite niche clients. So they predominantly specialised in office agency, a little bit of industrial agency, uh, professional work and management, but but didn't do any sort of building consultancy work or um, sort of the other functions we we did prior to the merge. Um, and I think one of the one of the good things about the merger is um, we we didn't have the same clients, um, and obviously that was a very good fit for us because we weren't stepping on each other's toes. Okay, so it's kind of meshed together quite nicely. Yeah, it has. It has. Cool. Excellent. Okay. Uh, now we're talking um, 
primarily because according to the radius individual dealmaker rankings um you've racked up almost 400,000 square feet of transactions this year um which puts you way ahead of anyone else in the region um to what extent have you achieved that because of the pandemic and to what extent despite it um it's I suppose a bit of both I mean we we've been so so busy um since the pandemic kicked off um mm. not just us that's all the agency practices as well um and I think a lot of it is probably driven by you know short-term fixes from logistical companies needing more space to sort of service you know potential uh, contracts for PPE NHS um you know food chains um online retailing um but i suppose some some of that as well has been sort of medium longer term commitments from you know the likes of um 3pls um parcel companies who just need to sort of you know fix themselves into longer term you know things to service um sort of smaller communities um so it's been, it's been a bit of both i suppose you could say in terms of you know driven by pandemic and also not as well because mm. i think um you know brexit's got a lot to do with it as well because um there's a lot of companies down to onshore um and that has driven i suppose demand um in the logistics and manufacturing sector and certainly from manufacturing um certainly we are seeing from probably january this year there's a lot more requirements coming out Okay, so that's kind of companies that were, I guess, previously relying on quite sophisticated just-in-time supply models that are now having to take more storage space. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, kind of uh, within the northeast, what are the geographic hotspots for for industrial at the moment? Um, I mean, arguably, you could say all of the northeast is because um, what we are finding that a lot of companies who may want to be in the likes of historical hotspots like Gateshead, Washington, Newcastle, um, they are maybe being driven to, you know, further afield, maybe Durham, Northumberland, um, you know, a bit far west, perhaps even as far as Carlisle. And that's down to the fact that, you know, there is no supply in mm. previous hotspots like Gateshead, Newcastle, Washington. Um, so as I say, you know, companies are being driven a bit further afield. And what we are finding is that buildings that may come back in the short term you know you, you could you could fill those build buildings very very easily mm. what we're finding is not not just ourselves but with other agency practices that what stock you have left may be sort of difficult stock to get rid of that may be because the characteristics of the property may not suit a lot of people whether it's not necessarily size but maybe height loading and i suppose a little bit of location as well mm. Cool. Okay. Um, now, your biggest deal um, so far this year was just over 200,000 square feet, uh, a Beacon House at Follingsby Park. Can you talk us through that one a little bit? So, yeah, we were instructed by um, the properties owned by Barber, the clothing mm -hmm. company Barber. Um, so we were instructed by them probably over 12 months ago. Um, Barber were an owner-occupier of the property, um, but they relocated from that facility to South Shields um we were approached by a company called uh virtuoso doors um that's probably last summer and virtuoso doors are a manufacturer of doors um and the building itself 
lends itself to be more of a, a distribution warehouse, but because of the size of the property and because of where it was and the timing of Virtuoso's move, um, it, it happened very, very, very quickly. So I think I think the deal probably took maybe three months. Um, Barbara were still occupying it temporarily with some overspill stock. But um, yeah, it, it happened very, very quickly. And um, you know, the, the deal, I think, actually concluded on the 4th of January this year. Sure. Okay. Um, no, it's interesting that it's a it's a manufacturing company that's taken the bigger space when you know, you know much of the analysis is focused on the logistics side of things. Um, what proportion of the deals you do would you say are logistics versus more traditional non-logistics? I think at the moment probably it's probably about a 70-30 split between mm-hmm. 70 logistics, 30 manufacturing. Um, that may change, you know, this year and probably more next year. Because I think you know the logistics market, whilst it's still very very hot, um, I think you know that may plateau a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, as I said before, you know we are seeing more manufacturing requirements coming through, um, and obviously the Envision announcement a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, you're know, probably a million square feet or thereabouts. You know that that will that will be manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I do I do foresee a lot more manufacturing requirements coming through. Sure. Okay. Um, now, I mentioned the um, Nissan announcement at the start of the piece. Um, how much of a lift does that give in the area, kind of generally in terms of overall optimism? Um, and how significant do you think the opportunities are for businesses to spin out around it? It's. I mean, it's huge. It's huge for the region. It's huge for, for Sunderland. Um, you know, there's always been a question mark about, you know, Nissan and their commitment to the region. Um, and that that's primarily driven by Brexit. You know, would they leave, you know, if mm. if the if the vote didn't go the right way, et cetera. But, you know, it's, it's a huge, huge boost of confidence um, for the amount of investment that Nissan and Vision and Sun City Council are putting into um, IAMP. Um, and, and yeah, there will there will ultimately be spin-offs um from from that development now whether that's at IAMP you know obviously on the scheme with the with the with the units being built or whether that's pro- possibly at Hillthorne a little way down the road um also in in Washington um but yeah I mean Nissan had an, annou- an announcement this week as well about another 400 job jobs being created mm-hmm. so um you know not just that but I think there will be other spin-offs with um you know potential training skill sets you know, within universities, perhaps. So it's it's very very good, very very good. Okay. Um, now it's obviously in everyone's interest that we start kind of all becoming cleaner and greener. Um, can you see the northeast becoming a bit of a hub for uh, green technology? I, I do. Um, I mean, not not just Envision um, at IAMP, but um, I mean yesterday British Vault. Um, they did a groundbreaking exercise in in Blythe for their Gigafactory, which again, they're producing electric batteries. You know, Northeast is, you know, it, it's, it's quite a small area, you know, in terms of geographics, but, you know, when you can think of two two Gigafactories in, in Britain on, on our doorstep, it's it, it's quite a, it's quite an announcement really, um, both, both in close succession. Um, but I do think from, you know, with Northeast Automotive Alliance, and the, the, the 
what what those guys do, particularly with the universities in, in conjunction with that. Um, and again, we've got offshore facilities with you know, Port of Tyne, Teesport, Port of Blythe, Port of Sunderland. Um, there's a lot of you know offshore wind technology being being created on those 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 areas as well. Um, I, I do think the northeast will become, you know, certainly a hotspot for um, you know the, the the green and sort of other 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 technologies. Sure. Okay. Um, how important is Newcastle sorry, University um, in all this? I mean, I think. In- both in terms of you know the the research that comes out of it and also the sort of potential talent pool for recruitment. It's very important. I mean, we've got you know obviously Northumbria, Newcastle, uh, Durham, Sunderland. Mm. Um, we've got four you know very good universities on our doorstep, but not just that. We've got Newcastle Gateshead colleges. Um, again, they're they're producing some very skilled um, you know talent. And again, those, universe, those universities and colleges work very, very closely with the likes of Nissan, you know, Komatsu, Caterpillar, um, other major manufacturers in the region. Um, you know, and the apprentices these guys uh, produce are, are, are excellent. Good stuff. Okay. Um, now the Nissan deal, um, it was helped by a pretty significant financial incentive from the UK government. Um, do you kind of see that as slightly trying to face save on Brexit, or do you think that's evidence that it's serious about leveling up the north? It's, it's probably a bit of both, if I'm honest, because you know Nissan is the Conservative government's baby, as it were. Um, mm. They they brought them to the northeast um, under Mar- Margaret Thatcher. Um, but also, you know, the government keeps saying, you know, this leveling up uh, scenario. Um, and I think with the Gigafactory at IAMP, um, you know, we are seeing other things done at, at Teesport as well, where, you know, there's there's a lot of major announcements happening. And, uh, you know, we foresee over the next 12, 18 months, there will, there will be other announcements as well. And I think the guys that invest Northeast England are doing a you know a great job in conjunction with the the the, the, the regional councils um, you know to to bang the drum about the Northeast generally. Um, you know, a few years ago we would not have the opportunities we we do at the minute, in in my view, um, and we are foreseeing you know, as I say, probably possibly more of those coming in the not too distant future. Sure. Okay. Uh, Now, um, the uh, Teesside was announced as one of the locations for a Freeport um, fairly recently. Um, Have you had much of a chance to digest what that's going to look like and what the opportunities are for for property there? I think it's huge. I mean, mean, clearly, you know, the announcement uh, of of the Freeports, you know, it's major for the northeast, Um, not not just Teesside, but, you know, the northeast generally. you know, it would have been good if you know Port of Town had a had a got one as well. But you know, we can't we, we can't have everything. Um, you know, so I think you know we, we've we've seen you know two or three announcements down at um, you know T side of, of what Ben Hodgson's doing there with um, you know his his um, you know regional colleagues. Uh, and again, you know, it, it's it's banging the drum for the northeast. And you know. As I said before, we we do you know expect more announcements to come forward on the back of you know certainly the Freeport and um, you know inward investment that will come through in the not too distant future. Sure. Okay. Um, is there anything else, kind of possibly thinking even bolder, that you'd like to see the government do that would really help the property sector locally? 
I think one of the, one of the things we will find um, in the in the medium term is you know land is is quite scarce in the northeast, and when I say land, I mean development for commercial for commercial purposes. Um, you know there is there is some land available at the moment, um, which will come forward for development in the next few years. But I think councils need to be you know. But they probably are aware, but they need to make the you know, central government aware that you know these these pockets of land will run out, and if we are to create more jobs, inward investment, skills, etc., etc., we need more land to come forward, um, specifically around sort of the regional network of of the A1M and A19. Mm. Um, you know, as I say, there is some pockets, but you know, those won't last forever. Sure. Okay. Um, going back to the start of the year, um, how locked down did you find yourself in those first few months? I mean, were you still able to go out and do, you know, viewings and stuff, or were you pretty much reliant on technology? Um, it was a bit of both, really. I mean, for the first few weeks, uh, we were obviously very restricted, like everyone else was. Um, and you know, following that, we did start to get out and about um, to do viewings. Um, we did use a lot of technology um, to do those viewings because, you know, a lot of people couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. So we were doing virtual viewings. We were using YouTube to upload videos um, of properties. And we we're also using a, 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 a bit of equipment called Matterport, which was basically, you know, do it does a 3D survey of the building in question. And again, we were uploading those to our website and CRMs, which, you know, people who couldn't travel, we could, you know, let them look at that or send them a link to it. Um, so I think that you, from a business perspective, we've, we've pushed um, as much as we can technology and make best use of, of the technology we do have um, to promote as best as possible what, you know, what, what we can do. Um, I mean, some of our, you know, Client base um, aren't based in in the UK, um, and, and some of our clients aren't. So we 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 had to sort of um, immobilise what we had, um, and and again I said you make best use of what 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 skills and technology we had to sort of um, you know promote um, the properties and obviously our services. Okay. Were there any deals that you managed to get across the line thanks to the technology that perhaps wouldn't have gone through previously? Yeah, um, we we managed to secure a deal with um, a company in Australia because um, obviously they they were in lockdown like we were. But um, the the guy we we did a virtual tour um, with 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 him and. Uh, you know, we, we gave them as much information as we could on on Teams, with Matterport, on YouTube, um, and we we were able to secure a deal. You know, which you know, you think back two years ago, we would never have ever been able to do that. Mm. Sure. Okay. So, do you feel like kind of aspects of the technology that we were kind of forced to adopt, um, they're kind of here to stay? Um, to a point, yes. Um, you know. Team Zoom, you know, obviously online platforms. Um, you know, I, I, I still think you can't beat a face-to-face meeting, mm-hmm. but you know, I think marketing meetings, whereas you have clients in London or even in Europe, 
you know, Teams, you know, and Zoom for that matter are certainly a thing that um, I think will certainly be in place in the in the, in the short and medium term. Sure. Okay. Um, how back to normal are you guys now? Are you kind of all back in the office or working from home or a mixture of the mixture of the two? It's a bit of both. Um, we, I suppose, when when lockdown measures eased, we we did come back into the office. Um, some of the admin staff didn't come back into the office, but whereas we were out doing viewings, inspections, um, you know, we were back in the office, you know, not 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 necessarily daily, but um, we were back in the office. And at the moment, we are we're probably up to half half capacity again. Um, and I think, you know, because there's, there's quite a few people on holidays at the moment, I, I do think come September, we will be back up to, you know, maybe 70% capacity in the office. Cool. Okay. Um, just finally, on a on a technology issue, I guess um, you were quite early to get on board with Radius. Um, what was the appeal? Um, what's the journey been like, and what are the benefits that you're seeing? Yeah, we've been on Radius now probably two years. Um, you know, it's one of again another platform which we foresee that um, you know we, we had to be on it to be you know, competing with our competitors. Um, it has, I suppose, in some respects, um, raised our profile and, uh, you know, we are seeing some rewards from that and, you know, we, we're obviously listing everything through Radius and, um, you know, we're uploading all our transactions and, you know, we're working hard and, you know, that, that hard work's paying off by, you know, certainly at the moment we've transacted the most in the Northeast thus far this year. Perfect. OK, well, on that happy note, um, I think we'll bring things to a close. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate that. You're very welcome, Jim. Thank you very much indeed.